we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Your best year yet. Amen. If you want this to be your best year yet, uh, we're going to start it off. Number one, remain in faithful to Bible study and prayer schedule. To remain faithful, that should be to a Bible study and prayer schedule schedule how many of you have a prayer schedule let me tell you what happens when you don't have a prayer schedule you fall off yeah because stuff is gonna keep happening one thing the devil always wants to do is to keep you busy busy he just want to busy you up so that when you're resting you want to use that rest time for yourself does that make sense yeah you're tired and so guess who gets kicked to the curb god and you put him off one day, two days, three days. You just keep putting him off. And God is like, hey, you would be nothing if it wasn't for me. But it's so easy because that's the one thing you don't have anybody in your face reminding you about. Amen? Well, that's my job. So don't look at somebody and say, don't neglect God. We have to force our flesh to desire the things of God. Your sin nature does not desire the things of God. The spirit man in you desires the things of God if the Holy Spirit is in you. But your flesh nature is in opposition of that. So your flesh is going to always try to push you into flesh, being fleshly and being carnal. Okay? But you got to purposely and intentionally make time for God. We have to force our flesh to desire the things of God. Our flesh will continually war against our renewed spirit and mind. We must conquer it by studying the word and praying on a regular basis. I said those two things together because those two things go together. Studying the word and praying. A lot of us grew up where they were two separate things. You had prayer service and you had Bible study. Well, I'm here to tell you that they are the same thing. You can't have one without the other. Can I get an amen? amen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're not praying the word, then you're not praying his will. I mean, you can pray all day about what you want, what you want to see happen, what you wish you had, who you wish you knew, all of that. But that, that, that may not be the will of God. The only way to know for sure is by praying the word. So they go together. So if you're going to pray, then you're going to have to study the word. And you're going to have to use the word. When you're in your prayer time, you're going to have to have the word front and center. See, I can't get amen. That's okay. See, you grew up just you know, when you pray, the way you pray, you, you know, you, it, it, you don't need the Bible. You don't need the word because you already know what you're going to say. God, my job. God, my wife. All oh, she tripping, Lord. All oh, the woman that you giveth me. Trying to use King James words. The woman that thou hast given unto thee. And God is not impressed because you're not praying his will. You want to pray his will about your wife? Use 5 and 16 right here. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lord, help me to walk in the spirit. I want to walk in your way. I want to be guided by your spirit. I do not want to fulfill the lust of my flesh. God, kill every part of me that is rising up against you. Bring my flesh down so that your spirit may be lifted up. That's how you pray. Put yourself on a schedule. Look at somebody say schedule. Put yourself on a schedule. Two, three times a week. This is what time I'm going before the Lord no matter what, what is going on. I'm going to make this time. I'm going to set this time to wake up, go before the Lord, 
at this particular time to make sure I do it. Number two, start your day with who? Start your day with God. This is so important because so many of us lay in bed in the morning. You land in bed thinking about junk. Problems, bills, work. That's the one everybody's thinking about because you don't want to go. So you're sitting in the bed. Amen. You start your day off like that. The rest of your day is sour. Yeah, because the devil got you early. It's very important to control how your day starts rather than taking a chance on what the day will offer. Can I say that again? It is very important to control how your day starts rather than taking a chance on what the day will offer. We should start each day with a what? Word from God so that the entire day will be shaped around it. Luke 21 and 38. And all the people came when? Early in the morning to hear him in the temple for I mean, in the temple for to hear him. And David said, I early will I rise to seek thee. It's early. I want to get a jump on the day. I want to get a jump on the devil. I want my day to start off with God. Does that make sense? Number three, write it down. Keeping a prayer log of your relationship with God is a good way to track progress. Don't think you supersonic save where you don't have to do this. This is very important to do, to write your thoughts down. Amen. I tell people this when I'm counseling them because you know I I dibble and dabble in behavioral science. So I, I tell people, especially when they have a problem with anger, when they have a problem talking too much, gossiping and those kind of things, I tell them, get you a pen and a pad and before you say it, write it down. You write it down, you're gonna see that you shouldn't say that. Suzanne Marie will tell you, and, and well, Brother Cleveland, too, they both study, uh, uh, studied psychology, so they, they'll definitely tell you that what, what's happening is you're bypassing a filter. You're bypassing a filter. You know, people that talk about people and just do stuff and then regret it all the time, do it and then regret it, do it and then regret it, there's a filter that they're bypassing. Somehow that filter got damaged through something, and they don't even know they're doing it. But if you write it down... That's your filter. And you're like, oh, no, I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't make that phone call. You see what I'm saying? I tell people that all the time. Well, it works the same with, with, with a, keeping a prayer log because when you write things down, you can track your progress. You can see where God has brought you. You can see the prayers that God answered and the prayers he didn't. Why didn't he answer this prayer? Maybe that prayer was linked to something selfish. Maybe I asked a miss. Maybe something was going on. But you kinda, you, you're keeping pace with yourself so that you can manage yourself. Do you know that you're the hardest thing in your life to manage? Yeah, yeah you out of control sometimes. Amen. Amen, aren't we all? Man, and I don't want the ceiling to just crash down before I get some sense. Amen, I'd rather just write it down and read it, man. I better do something about that. Before all hell break loose. You can look back and observe where he brought you from and remember what's important. This is keeping a prayer log. Hebrews 10 and 32. But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of affliction. You got to recall the former days. A lot of times, in order to get to the next place, you have to recall the former days. That encourages you to see where God has brought you. 
Amen. The cares of this life will discourage you, beat you down, and you will feel like zero. But if you look back to where God has brought you even up to now, you will feel better about your present. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I mean, all of us came through something. Amen. Everybody's had a past. Amen. And we look back to where we used to be. We can thank God for where we are right now. Amen. We may not be where we, what we're going to be, but we're definitely better than what we used to be. But we were all there and God has brought us back. So it's good to be able to look back at a journal or look back at a log and see where God has brought you. Four, memorizing Bible verses. It's very important to know certain scriptures and where they are located in the Bible. You need to memorize where scriptures are located in the Bible, you need to be able to recollect, recollect these things in the heat of the battle or for peace of mind in the storm. Amen? Sometimes you may not have a Bible to get to and you got to hide that word where? You have to know what the word says. And this is what I tell people all the time. I mean, I don't even know why people don't even make this connection right here. But man, to, be, to, to use the comforter of the Holy Ghost for its true purpose you got to have something in you for it to work through. John 14 and 26 lays it out. But the comforter, which is, which is what? The Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall do what? Teach you all things. And then what? Bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. We don't have the privilege of having Jesus Christ to walk the earth with us and tell us things for the Holy Ghost to remind us of. But we have his word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word what was God. And then the word did what became flesh, dwelt among us. So the word is Christ. Christ is the word. Amen. And if he is the word, then we got to put the word in us so that he can bring it to our remembrance. Remembrance means I once knew it. If you didn't know it before, you can't be reminded. If it ain't happened, it has to happen so you can be reminded of it. Amen? So you got to read it so you can be reminded of it. Amen? I tell people all the time, they say, well, God told me this. God told me that. God showed me this. Almost 99.9% of everything God is telling me right now is stuff that I've put in me from the word of God. Yeah, because he said everything in the word. The word is complete. So if you put the word in you, then when it's time for him to bring something to remembrance, you have a data bank that he can tap into. I want to hear the audible voice of the Lord. Well, you better learn how to read the Logos voice first. Because the audible voice is only going to tell you what's in the Logos. See, I can't get That's all right. That's too deep. I said Logos. Somebody got lost. That just means the written word. <laughs> it's one of them fancy scholar words. But really... That's, that's, what it, that's what it's all about. If you're not putting this Logos in you, then there's nothing for the Holy Ghost to draw from. Fellowship. The more time you spend with a sound, look at somebody say sound. sound. Sound body only means a body that's following sound doctrine. Amen. Go to Titus 2, figure out sound, sound doctrine, and then that's, that's the sound body of believers when they're doing what Titus said do as sound doctrine. Amen. The more time you spend with a sound body of believers, the better off you will be spiritually. Receiving a word from a teacher chosen by God. Look at somebody say chosen by God. You know if a teacher is chosen by God because the teacher is going to preach what God said. 
If he's not preaching what God said, and he's, he's not doing things God's way, then he probably wasn't chosen by God. He was chosen by you. The Bible said in the last days, folks will heap up on themselves teachers having itching ears, meaning they're going to pick teachers that's going to preach what they want to hear. That's going to make it fit and make it work. No. Receiving a word from a teacher chosen by God is a must when maturing as a believer. Being connected to a fellowship of like-minded believers is also necessary. This way you can forge beneficial relationships that do what? Strengthen you. You should enjoy and be in, agree- be in agreement with the fellowship you choose. Amen? Yes. Amen. Don't go to church because you're supposed to go to church. If you're not going to respect and honor the leader of that church, don't go. Don't go. If you're going somewhere so that the pastor can be your homeboy, don't go. If you're not able to receive a word and able to receive correction, instruction from the man, don't go. How can I say don't go one more time? Amen. I'm just teaching you this morning. Is that all right? Y'all learning from this? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You stick to it. Yeah, yeah. Be at a fellowship where you're going to learn. It's going to challenge you. Challenge you. Hebrews 10 and 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without what? Without what? For he is, a, he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Hebrews 13 and 17. Obey them that have what? And submit yourselves. For they do what? Watch for your souls. That's what the pastor's there for. That's what the elders are there for. They're watching for your souls. Amen. And you can't just ordain yourself an elder. Because you older than everybody else. Yes, I, well, I'm an elder. No, no, the pastor ordains you an elder in a, in a fellowship. And you got to go with who he picks. Say, I can't get amens in here. That's what Paul did. The Bible said Paul went and ordained elders. Then he sent men out to go ordain elders. But you don't have to be knighted or get a certificate or anything like that. It's just a, 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 the pastor praying, seeing who God wants as leaders over. And he picks them. And, that's, and they're ordained in the spirit to do it. But you got to obey those that have rule over you. I can't get amens. I, you, know, you know, one thing about EX Ministries and ABC, you know, a lot of times we, tr- we, we attract some militant folks. Yeah. We attract former bl- Black Panthers that's been saved. <laughs> Temple of hip-hop folks that's been, you know, been converted. Sometimes they're not fully delivered, they just converted. Right. So now they're militant about, you know, church, just militant. Mm-hmm. You know, and you try to tell them something. Oh, no, now, remember that we equal in the spirit. Not- <laughs> I'm just as much as God can talk to me just as much as you. You're right. That's why you need to go start your own church. So he can do that. I can't see. This is too much for folks. Amen. Amen. Obey them that I rule over you and submit yourselves. For they do what? Watch for your souls. As they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not grief. Don't be getting on the nerves. Amen. Pray and ask God, am I getting on the pastor's nerves? Is it me, Lord? And he will say, yes, it is you. He's losing sleep. 
Because you're getting on his nerves. You need to be delivered from that. But seriously though, you want your pastor to do his job with joy. You want the elders to do their jobs with joy and not what? Grief. For that is unprofitable to who? You. You grieving him, he going to get up and grieve you in the microphone. Every Sunday, the message is going to be about you. Yeah. I thank God I haven't got to that point where I, you know, get personal. But man, we grew up in churches. Lord, the preacher would come stand right next to you and preach the whole sermon. <laughs> Leaning on you. <laughs> oh, these old vagabonds. <laughs> oh, these old dry bones. Just ignorant mess. <laughs> oh. Y'all didn't grow up like I did, <laughs> I mean, say everything but your name. <laughs> he's grieving. And now these pastors that are grieving are killing themselves. Four suicides in the last, what, three months? Mega church pastors killing themselves because of the grief that they're getting. You know, and most of the time it's related to meds, you know, because I'm telling you, meds just don't work with strong-willed people. And most people that are called to pastor or to lead are strong-willed. And so they take psych drugs and, and they, 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 they just bring a whole war, a pharmaceutical war in their bodies. And it's just impossible for them to really function in that state. So, um, you know, that's, that's what a lot of this is about, but it's still grief, man. You don't want to give grief to the leader. You want the leader to be able to lead with joy. Amen? Amen. Happy to see your faces. Happy to be here. Amen? Amen? After we have dedicated ourselves to God, his spirit will begin to do what? Do what? See, that's the thing. This is the, this is the stage that the folks, most folks can't handle. They can't handle God at this stage. Because once you've done one through five, fellowship, you got your Bible study, you're reading, you're, you're studying, you're praying, you got your schedule, you're starting the day off. Once you start doing all that good Holy Ghost stuff, start feeling all Holy Ghost good, the mirror comes. Yes, yes, sir. His spirit begins to show us what we need to work on. Oh, this is the part that the folks can't handle. The tough issues, the secret places, the bad habits will be challenged by God's power. If we allow, he will what? He will repair it. If we allow it. He will repair those areas. It will be painful, but what? Worth it. This is the hard part. It hurts, man. When God goes to work on you, the potter, he breaks it. He doesn't try to add on to something that's already made. He takes that clay, throws it on the ground, and breaks it. And that is painful. To make you over, you think you are right. And it takes the Holy Ghost power of God to tell you that something is wrong. Hebrews 12 and 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which correct us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? In other words, you let your father on earth correct you. You let your boss on your job correct you. You let your teacher in your classroom correct you. So you can't submit yourself to God and be corrected by him? For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. For a few days because they only live for a season. 
But God, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his what? He chastens us for our own profit so that we might be partakers of his holiness. Number seven, mending broken relationships. Not all relationships are going to be healed in this life. Let me say that again. Not all relationships are going to be healed in this life. Some people were never meant to be in our lives. But when it comes to family, there needs to be a strong effort to forgive and keep good standing relationships. Bitterness and strife will cause ill feelings and make it hard to move forward. We should allow God to lead us in fixing damaged relationships within our family. Amen? That's the key to good marriages. Did you know that? If you can mend relationships within your family, then you will have no problem forgiving and staying close to your spouse. Really? That's, that's how you fix it. You having issues in your relationship, I guarantee you it has something to do with prior relationships. Man, God didn't ever intend for anybody to, to, to have 10 boyfriends and 20 girlfriends and be sexually active before marriage. So you know all that junk brings stuff. That brings issues. Yes, it does. It brings issues. Yeah. Amen. And that stuff comes back later in your relationship. So we got to take care of relationships. We got to fix damaged relationships with our family. That's going to help us in our marriage. That's going to help us in our, in, in our current and future relationships. Amen. 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 If you're a woman, you need, to be, you need to have a good relationship with your mama. Yeah, that's, that's very important. That don't mean you tell her everything and, you, all, and your business or whatever. I'm not even talking about that. Because if you're married, you don't need to be telling her nothing. How's he doing? Oh, he's good. I, I love him. I bet. I, I, I guarantee you she's mad at the one she married. That's, that, that's what's wrong there. You know. Oh, God is just showing me that. Oh, I just see it, baby. I see it. I, you know, he's just not... You better stand up for your man and say, no, no, that's the devil showing you that, mama. I love you, but you're wrong. Me and my man, we got it. We all right. Me and my woman, we all right. Because you know the first thing they're going to say, I knew it. I always knew it. I didn't say nothing because, baby, that's your man. You just, I I'm teaching in here today. Amen. Oh, yes, you need to hear this. Yes, you need to hear it. Bitterness and strife causes ill feelings. Yeah, so when you deal with bitterness and strife in your own family, you feel ill toward other people. Yes, you do. We should allow God to lead us in fixing damaged relationships within our family. Ephesians 6 and 2, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with what? Promise. Because if you don't honor them, you ain't going to live long, according to the word. Speaking good of others. When we speak ill of one another, we are really tearing down ourselves. Let me show you how. The more negative we speak about others, the more negative feelings we will harbor. Yeah. All you got to do to know that you're harboring negative feelings is get mad. As soon as you get mad, cuss words and stuff start coming in your mind. You ready to fight. You start dogging folks out, talking about them bad. Start looking for everything bad in them. That means that that bad was already in you. You were harboring it. And you were rehearsing it by talking negative. Yeah, you built up negativity in you, and as soon as somebody step on your toe, you owe. 
<laughs> Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. What? We must speak the things that we desire to see for ourselves. This will help us keep a positive outlook on our own lives. And then we will begin to see what? More good in Proverbs 16 and 24 says it better than any scripture in the Bible. Pleasant words are as a what? Honeycomb. Honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and what? Health to the bones. Temple care, number nine. Temple care. Our health needs to be a focus what? Not just 2014 until you die. And if it's not your focus, you're going to die sooner. Our health needs to be our focus every year. Bad health makes us doubt God. Bad health makes us doubt God. If something's wrong with you physically, it will make you doubt God. Over time, it will. If you're praying for, for, for better health or something to happen and, 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 and it's not happening, doubt is going to creep in. And I'm not saying that you're going to dwell on doubt all the time. No, no, you don't dwell on doubt, but doubt will creep in. Am I telling the truth? Yes, it will. I remember when I got sick and went through my sick spell, I was like, man, God, what? I can't, I, I can't get past this. And God was like, you're not going to get past this with a prayer. You're going to have to change the way you're eating and sleeping and living. We must do better in this area. We need to watch what we eat, exercise, and practice good what? Sleeping habits. The healthier we are, the happier we are. Third John 2, beloved, I wish all things that thou mayest prosper and be what? In health, In health even as thy soul prospereth. And finally, faith. And this is what the Holy Spirit just led me to put. Keeping the faith is going to get particularly hard for some this coming year. We must gird ourselves up and prepare for the battle of our lifetime. We will be tested on every side by our society. But we must not allow our faith to fail. Faith comes by hearing the word. So we must make sure we are hearing the truth and guarding our minds from error. Jude 3, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of this common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly do what? Contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. This is the year to contend for the faith because the faith has, I mean, true Christianity is being challenged on every side right now. The faith. Summary! A new year brings opportunity to make changes and set them to a placeholder in time. A new year brings opportunity to make changes and set them to a placeholder in time. This helps to keep us focused on the changes we are making And it also helps us to remember where we started. Make sense? Resolutions should not be looked upon as vows or promises, but rather plans that we will do our best to keep. Does that make sense? If we fall short, we cannot give up, but we must pick up where we left off and continue. That's the danger with resolutions. If you don't live up to it and you treat it as a promise, then when you break it, you got to wait for the whole year to roll around before you start again. That's why we don't view resolutions as vows or promises. We view them as plans. 
I'm planning to do this. And if I fall short, I just pick up where I left off and I start again. You see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? This exemplifies operating in faith and our Christian walk is built upon nothing less. Therefore, we must keep going no matter what the circumstances are. And we must never allow a mistake to stop us from reaching the prize. This can be the year that we get close to God like never before. And if we take these simple steps, we can strengthen ourselves for the journey. Romans 1 and 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed, how? Faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith to faith. You know things now that you didn't know a year ago. You know things now you didn't know three years ago before you got here. You are in a different place now. And from that place... It's time to build the best year yet. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com.